seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Well, here he is, Connor Daly, the man, the myth, the 100 races coming up, man of the hour. Connor, it is so cool to have you on the show. We have uh, never had anyone in the racing circuit on this show, and to have someone who's for this who this year in the in the very ra- in the very rare air of doing the Daytona 500 and Indy <laughs> 500 is. Uh, is very cool and to be celebrating your hundred races, hundredth race coming up with the Long Beach Grand Prix. Yeah, no, thank you, man. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's it's crazy to think about all those things that you just mentioned. Um, it's gonna be it's it's you know it's gonna be a pretty pretty historic year and 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 a fun one. Uh, you know, it's already given it's already got going. Um, you know, kind of up and down so far, but uh, it can only get better from here, really. Yeah. So it's it's um, it's been it's been crazy, but it's been fun. And when you say that, the I want to get into some of the past, what got you here. Because actually, because you, you just said that it's amazing that all this is happening. So did you think, I know your dad was in racing um, and, and your stepdad runs the, uh, the uh, Speedway. The, mm-hmm. But I, you at a young age were into karting, right? Yeah, I, I started karting when I was 10. So I... I, uh, technically that's later than some people. Like I would say some other drivers in IndyCar would have started at five or six years old, um, which seems kind of crazy, but, um, but yeah, I, I, my dad never forced me into it. So it was never really something that was presented to me until we had a neighbor across the street, ask my dad for help because they were going to the go-kart track. And so then I just kind of tagged along, uh, because obviously, you know, I had watched plenty of races. I, I all I, all we did at the house was watch racing. Um, so you know, I I went in and and um, I don't know I don't know if like we bought a suit or like a helmet or I brought a helmet with me or something like that. But uh, I just got in the go kart and um, I guess kind of the rest was 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 history. It seemed like something that I I really enjoyed doing. I didn't know um, you know what, what was possible, but uh, but yeah, we as soon as we figured out that I wanted to give it a shot. My dad got us a go-kart and, um, and a little trailer and we started going to races. And was he rate at the time? Was he racing professionally and you're there rate karting racing? No. So my dad actually retired when I was born. So I actually never got to see my dad race professionally. Oh. Um, but he was doing television for all the races. So he was still going to the races and, you know, I would go with him sometimes and, Every time you'd go somewhere, especially in Indianapolis, where where we live, um, you know, my dad, even growing up, like people recognize my dad because he did, you know, five or six Indy 500s himself um, and then did TV here for for years. So everyone kind of knew my dad, uh, but I never actually got to see him race. So um, kind of a wild, uh, wild situation there. And and then cart and carting was is like the step. The step you have to do before getting into going pro, right? So yeah, exactly. Lo- and like people think karting is like kind of this fun thing that you do at like you know, uh, like Disneyland or or Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. <laughs> but it's it's like karting is very serious um, because it's it's that first step. But there's there's small go karts, then there's slightly faster go karts, and then there's really fast go karts. And, you know, you're competing all across the country, uh, you know, in national level series against really good drivers that a lot of drivers, there are people that get paid to go race go-karts as well. Like it's, it's a very high level um, racing series. And obviously there's a bunch of other young kids that are your age that also want to be a professional race car driver. So, yeah. you know, we would, we would show up to races, there'd be 80 carts entered in this event and, you know, wow. only 40 would make the race. And so you got to, you know, you got to make sure you get in there. You got to compete at the front. Um, and that's kind of where it all starts. It's And then, you know, once you get out of karting, you're probably age 15-ish. Um, and then there's a whole other car ladder system as well. So 
like any other sport, if you play basketball, football, whatever it is, baseball, you're probably playing t-ball at a young age you're probably playing in middle school you're probably playing in high school now it's all the same sport but it's different levels and you're getting a little bit higher you're getting a little bit more professional it's the same thing in racing it's just slightly faster cars every time you graduate (laughs) to that next level now how fast could you get on one of those carts would you say i mean honestly the the power to weight ratio in the go-karts are wild like we still as professionals now like we would like I'm waiting for it to get warm in Indianapolis, but we'll go to the go-kart track and drive some shifter carts because, you know, it's 35, 40 horsepower in a, you know, 300 pound go-kart. So it's, it's, it's really, really fast, really quickly. And you'll do 80 to hundred miles an hour in these things. Yeah. Um, Jesus. but it's, you know, it's, it's teaching you techniques. It's teaching you, uh, the art of racing, you know, race craft, um, so yeah, you learn a lot in go-karts and you also do a lot of racing, like in go-karting, you know, we would do 40, 50 races a year all over the country. You just kind of go around and do all these races. Is it like mostly slalom or are you doing like hot laps? And kind of like, is it like a mixture of like the various course types and stuff? Oh, it's like proper road racing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's okay. go-kart tracks here in Indianapolis, huh. um, not far from where I live that are just basically like real race tracks that cars race on just slightly smaller. So, you know, the, the longest go-kart track really in the country is like a mile long, like maybe 1.1 miles. And that's here in Newcastle, Indiana. But most tracks are really only 30 second lap times, like just small little, you know, quarter to half mile tracks um, because you're obviously going, you know, you're these tiny little vehicles. Um, But yeah, full on race tracks, you know, full on setups. And uh, you'd be surprised that you could, you know, you'd find some pretty impressive tracks all across America when it comes to go-karting. There's a few out here in uh, in Los Angeles or the surrounding area. There's a, there are a few pretty big ones. I went to a few kid birthday parties as a kid at them, and uh, was yeah. not going eighty to one hundred, but it was I, it was very fun. <laughs> I just want to see if we can give Connor like some Groucho Marx classes, and he goes to the cart to the track, and we can just put down money on him. Yeah, and you know he have like a like a wig, Groucho Marx glasses, and be like, "Oh, what is this car? I've never raced." And then we'll be super rich. Oh yeah, big hustle. Just, I'm in. Yeah, big, yeah, it's in for the hustle. <laughs> yeah. And so when you were doing the karting, were you? Did you have a like? Was there a dream? Could you ever even fathom that you'd be doing the Indy 500 and Daytona 500 in the same year? Yeah, That's I mean, pretty- honestly, it, it was hard to think about because I guess my thought process was like you just have to win every race and if you don't well that sucks you know what i mean and so i i was successful in go-karts like i I won championships you know we won a lot of races but i looking back on it now i would i would say i wasn't the best go-kart racer i would say i actually took a, a bigger step forward in success when i actually got into cars um and so for me i i didn't it was all happening so fast as well that you just kind of kept moving up all right a little bit faster cart cool next level uh and you watch car racing and you're like it still kind of looks like a a myth like i don't know how to get there like i do people get chosen is there like a weird selection process i don't know how that works and you know by the time i got to age about 14 15 then it was like okay well now we got to think about what's the ne- do you want to make this a career like because it's it's a big dislike i you had, i had to sacrifice everything in my life growing up I and mean, we were spending time building the go-karts in the in the barn at my house we were doing all this stuff i was reading mechanical engineering books when i was 14 15 trying to learn about how you know setups on the car work and what we need to change to be better and um and all these things but i didn't have that picture in my mind of getting to the indy 500 yet because i was just focused on whatever the next weekend was uh i i guess i always thought in my head i wanted to go to formula one that was like my goal um but realistically i i was in america so i would i would be at the indy 500 every year like that's what i would see and i'd be like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen (laughs) um but it was so cool that i was like only superheroes do this like i don't think i i I don't know how i get there you know what i mean and 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 sure enough a few years later you know we we happened to get there (laughs) what was so what was that jump off point what was that switch that hit where you got there just because I'm sure there's people listening now who are like, how do you get from where you thought you were, which is, I don't even know how to get there to being a part of it. Yeah. Well, honestly, like you had to, you have to generate some support because I had to have people that 
financially helped out to get us into car racing because there is there is some of that element to it like it does cost money to do car racing like at the very lowest level i don't know what it was but the very first year of karting like my dad had had talked to some people that said hey you basically try to sell the dream to these folks right wealthy people or people with companies that are like hey we're gonna get involved for probably money that they will never even care about in the future but to help this kid you know potentially be at the top level of motorsport and there's a lot of people that do that even drivers have even sold like shares in themselves um to try to help fund their initial careers um and so when i got into car racing it was it was i was 15 16 um this is like 2008 um the very first level in there was a large scholarship available and we were competing against 25 other cars um, guys like Joseph Newgarden, who's a two-time IndyCar champion now, uh, several other successful sports car drivers, other IndyCar drivers were racing. I think in that 2008 class, there was probably four of us that ended up doing multiple Indy 500s um, and multiple years of IndyCar racing. So it was a very, very competitive series. And the scholarship, if you won that level, was $350,000 that helped fund the next level up. So realistically... You, if you won, you you, you self funded yourself, and thankfully, like the very first year in my first year of racing cars, I won the championship. So that like immediately helped me get to the next level, and it was like, and then you create a um, notoriety for yourself. Like now, the bigger teams understand, okay, this might be the guy, right? And so you generate a little su- support. That's when it became very serious as well. Now you're having to go to every race and, you know, talk to the people, talk to the top teams, be a be a businessy type person as well as a, you know, an entity that is going to be successful, hopefully. And um, and and that that was when I knew it was very serious because you get handed this fake check. It, it does. It's not money that actually goes to you. It literally just pays for the next season and the next. It's like level a price up. is right check. One of those yeah, big, big, like- big fake prices, <laughs> right check, which looked cool as a driver. And everyone thought that I made that money. Didn't make a dollar off of it, but it got me to the next level. But it's fun when you walk into Wells Fargo. And <laughs> with that big check. You walk into exactly. Wells Fargo with the giant Just check. shoving it through the window. Yeah. It's not fitting into the little slot. I still have it, so it, it never got sent anywhere. <laughs> oh, you do? Is oh, it yeah. framed? It's somewhere. I don't know where it is now, but it's somewhere yeah. in my possession. <laughs> so, so that's the jump off point. So then you get that, that fake check, and you are off to the races, which is a terrible pun. But you're mm-hmm. off to the races. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's essentially it. Like, because the, the next year, um, you know, basically the way you try to do things in racing is usually it takes two years at different levels to, you know, first year is your learning year. Second year, you got to win the championship. But I won the first year. So we were like, all right, well, I guess we got to go to the next one. So then that, that, that next level, the cars are obviously a little bit faster, a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, the, the drivers were very competitive, a little bit older than me. Um, and, you know, the, the very first year at that next level, I finished third in the championship, but I had won a race and I was like, okay, cool. So next year we have to win, but I didn't have the scholarship for the next year. So we didn't have a lot of money to put towards that, but we figured it out. We got an investor and, and a couple different people to help us out. And that next year I drove for a really good team, um, that was able to run me sort of like a gambling scenario they were betting on me winning the championship, which then got them prize money. So I didn't have to necessarily have as big of a budget, but they were they were planning on me winning the championship or they were hoping that I was going to win the chip. So like I slept in their trailer at every race. Like we, we, we weren't spending money on hotels. Like there was not a lot of stuff that was going on. I would sleep in the back of their trailer and we would go out and wow. we set a record. We qualified on pole like seven times, won seven races in a row, and won the championship. So it worked. But then again, that was that 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 was another level. Then then I'm basically almost then I'm at a level that's right below IndyCar. And then it kind of we took a bit of a different route from then on. <laughs> but you're you're basically a band starting out like yeah, you're the exactly. band on the road with these in a trailer just trying to make it and try to get, you know, spot, Spotify listens. Yeah. And. And then you win like you have the hit single, I guess, is the equivalent. And so yeah. then you move up and then you jump and jump and jump yeah and like at that next level um the scholarship system kind of became a little skewed so like 
Technically, I was supposed to go to the Indy Lights series, which is right below IndyCar, you know, bigger, faster cars. The next step is IndyCar. Um, But I had this dream of going to Formula One. So we were able to take uh, some of that scholarship money because the scholarship that I won in 2010 was uh, 700 grand. So that's that's a lot because that's that's a healthy budget for racing. Um, so we basically went to Europe. I moved to England, uh, when I was 18 after, after basically I could win, I won everything I could win here in the States. Uh, we went to England and I started a whole different four year journey over there. So it's, um, winning that here basically launched me into the next sector of my career and basically put the IndyCar journey on pause for a bit. And was, uh, is the goal to do the, uh, to do the race in Monaco? Is that like the dream? It was at the time. Like there were no Americans in Formula One at the time. And obviously Formula One has had a huge rise recently with the Drive to Survive series. And my gosh, if I would, if we would have had a Drive to Survive series back then, I mean, we probably would have made it to Formula One because no one in America cared about Formula One when I was trying to be over there. And it's so hard to do what we did. And, you know, I I see now that the attention that even the F, like I did F3 and F2, which is obviously right before F1, now the drivers in F3 and F2, they're getting so much more attention because it's right below F1. Everyone's trying to go to F1. And, you know, I won in F3. You know, we we should have won the championship in F3 against Carlos Sainz Jr., who drives for Ferrari now, Danny Kvyat, who drove for Red Bull Racing, um, plenty of other drivers who are now factory Porsche drivers, factory BMW drivers, like all these guys. You know, we were – I was leading the championship with one race left. And I got wrecked. And so I didn't win the championship. Oh. I finished third in the championship. So, you know, we were one step away from getting to the next level closer. I was a Formula One test driver for two years in 2012 and 2013. And in my contract with that Formula One team, I had to win the F3 championship to then go to F2 with them and then be a F1 test driver for even more stuff. But I didn't win the championship. So that was it. My entire European racing life was over right then and there. Oh, so how does that does it, feel? Like, <laughs> well, it sucks because I I tried to hang on to it for a little bit, but we didn't have the funding. Like the Formula One team was paying for my racing, which is super super important, and I didn't have the funding to continue after that. So I I basically stuck around Europe in 2014 to do like we did like eight or seven or eight F2 races with like the worst team on the grid, but there was like an Argentinian drug dealer that might have been funding the team and he was like wanting an american driver and like we thought it was going to be cool but the team was so bad and it just it was just the worst possible scenario to be in but i was still kind of hanging on to that dream a little bit but realistically i was like okay i gotta focus on because i had done my first indy 500 i kind of skipped a little step my first indy 500 was 2013 which is while I was winning in Europe and, and everything was ha- like 2013, almost one of the greatest years of my life. And then 14 was like complete disaster and everything fell apart. <laughs> so it was kind of a funny um, situation, but 2014, I was sort of racing still in Europe, but realistically I was like, all right, I should probably get back to America to try to focus on IndyCar. And then you, uh, you come back here and did you ever think that you'd also race in NASCAR? I, I didn't at the time. I mean, I was bare, I was just trying to focus on IndyCar and, you know, getting the IndyCar was an amazing accomplishment for me and it took a lot of work and it took a couple of years of, 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 of a few different situations to get me there. But yeah, to, to now be where we're at racing, you know, some NASCAR cup series races, uh, you know, I've raced in every level of NASCAR now I've raced in the truck series, the Xfinity series and the cup series. Um, hmm. And I've, I think I would love to know what driver actually has competed in all the NASCAR um, ladder series and the top series and all the Formula One ladder series and all the IndyCar ladder series because <laughs> I've done all of them. Um, and uh, and it's been amazing. So I, I've definitely been super lucky to get to this point in my life. And, um, you know, I still have a lot I want to accomplish, but it's been a long road. <laughs> but it's kind of like the racing EGOT. You know, you got <laughs> Emmys, Grammys, uh, Oscars, Oscars and Tony's. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, not, yeah, it's, I, I've, it had, I didn't mean it to go all these different directions, but I love driving and I love driving anything that goes fast and whatever it is, I like to compete. And every day that I'm in a race car, I learn something new. 
And then the, I want to, and I know Rohit has a few, uh, few beauties to ask you too, but the, <laughs> the, uh, in February, the, uh, the, the, when we were watching you qual, I was, uh, I was with, uh, other, fr- I was with Connor's girlfriend, another friend watching the, uh, watching the race to qualify for the Daytona 500. <laughs> and that story to me, but I want to hear it from your side was a straight movie. The fact <laughs> that that happened the way it did was a movie. And we were sitting there. I actually told Amy, like, this is the only way that he can qualify is a crash that makes it like, so this one car has to get hit in this <laughs> crash and then he will be able to go. Cause for those who don't know, Connor's, uh, Connor's on TMT He's on the, uh, the Floyd, uh, Mayweather's the, the team, like the, 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 the rich guy, the sponsor of the car. So I'll take, <laughs> I want you, I want you to tell the story more, but it was Connor. It was so wild. I know we got the FaceTime you afterwards, but it was so wild watching that transpire and basic, it was like a one in a million. Everything happened so perfectly. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, you know, showing up to the Daytona 500, we showed up with a very, very small team. Uh, they had only ever done, I think four NASCAR cup series races, um, before that Daytona 500 and uh it is Floyd Mayweather's team but doesn't really contribute as much financially as we as <laughs> as we we might need um and and right now in the NASCAR Cup series despite what you might think about as despite the common opinion of maybe a bunch of hillbillies racing very high level technically and these teams are spending 30 to 40 million dollars a year on these race cars and an insane level of technology aero development uh engine development and so we show up, our team has two employees uh, and, you know, a car that that was prepared, um, but not at not in the same facilities as some of these people have. And basically about as good as we could do it with what we the equipment that we had. So uh, when we went out to try to qualify uh, the car, uh, the oil line exploded. So we didn't actually get to do a single lap qualifying run. So we didn't even get to drive the car at all before we had to do the dual races. The dual races, if you're not familiar with the Daytona 500, that's actually how you qualify for the race. There are a certain amount of cars, 36 cars actually are already guaranteed to start the race. And then there are a total of 40 cars that that will start the race. But there were 42 that were trying to qualify. So two people went home which basically meant these dual races were 42 cars split in half. And one car from each race made the race, made the real Daytona 500, and one car went home. So for me, I basically had to beat three cars in the race that were also trying to qualify, two cars in the race that were trying to qualify for the 500. And our car went out there, and it was like essentially broken right off the bat. It was very, very difficult to drive. We had a near impossible scenario to try to compete. And I had never driven at Daytona before, never driven on the oval, never driven this car at 195 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour. Um, and basically just had to hang on for dear life. And well, that, can I just say one thing, Connor? Cause from our side yeah. watching it, when, when your car went up onto the track, it was bumping. You brought up Disneyland cars. It was bumping like a little <laughs> Disneyland car. Like it was, it, we were just like, shit, he's, this is going to be a lot of trouble because the car wasn't operating at like what we'd want, like a Honda Accord to operate on when we pull out of the driveway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Consider like race cars at 200 miles an hour have to be very, very um, structurally sound and also quite uh, not, not necessarily a smooth ride, but something stable. So you, the aerodynamics of the car can actually work properly. And our car was bouncing very aggressively. Like something was broken. It was like I was almost on a dirt bike track, yeah. um, but you, you had to fight through it. I had to fight through it, and thankfully, there was an opportunity for us to come to the pits after someone crashed initially, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know what's going to happen here. We made the car slightly better. They figured out some of the problems, um, but realistically, I had already lost so much time when the the other cars were racing, and I was just trying to not crash. You got lapped. We um, watched you get lapped. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, exactly. We were in a bad impossible. spot. And there was, there was only one way for me to make it, and that was if the two cars that I needed to beat were somehow involved in a crash and couldn't continue. And essentially, that happened. Like, both cars, Travis Pastrana <laughs> and, um, and Austin Hill were the two drivers. Yeah. 
they both crashed. They both could not continue. And I made the race. And again, it, it should have never happened. Um, I, like we didn't necessarily deserve to make the race, but racing is a crazy game. And people have, you know, we'll take advantage of our great days every day we get them and our lucky days. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy deal to make the race. And honestly, just super helpful for the team and really uh, an amazing experience for me too. And I, it was just, yeah, because it was so wild to watch. Yeah. And because uh, it was just, it was, per our show, it was hopeless from the very get-go. Oh, yeah. Completely. I mean, there was, I was so mad driving around. I, I mean, I was just like, I cannot believe I actually even agreed to do this, first of all, because it's going to be just, we're going to look like a bunch of clowns. And then we make the race, and it's a huge, happy, feel-good story. My mom's crying. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Amy's getting on a flight to El like to Florida. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy time. And, Rowan, I think you had a uh, – because it, it, was, yeah. it was one of those, like, they can make a Disney, you know, a Disney movie about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, that's right, because we were going to maybe see you out here the next day if you didn't qualify. Oh, yeah, I was, I was coming to L.A. if I didn't qualify. So I had to cancel that flight and just stay in Florida, thankfully, to compete in the race. <laughs> it's a good flight to cancel and – yeah, First of all, I didn't even know Travis Pastrana was uh, was was in that race. You know, I'm mostly known for like all the Hoonigan, Jim Connor videos. Um, yeah, you know, and Travis. Uh, one also, thing he always wanted to do in his life was do the Daytona 500 because he did a little stint in NASCAR like way back in 2013, I think, or 2014. And uh, uh, we it became we've become really good friends over the last couple of years, and we did a NASCAR truck race together in 2020, like because we thought it like. We were drunk one night and thought it would be cool to be like, hey, we should go NASCAR truck racing together someday. That would be awesome. And we're like, yeah, we should do that. And then we did it. And then I told him over the winter, I was like, hey, man, I think we're going to do the Daytona 500. He's like, no way. I'm also going to do it. I was like, this is incredible. And so it was kind of the dream scenario for both of us to, to make the race. And I owe him a lot. I owe him a lot of thanks as well for helping, yeah. helping as much as he could. That was pretty cool. It's, I love that just, you know, how... I guess he's another guy that's just kind of dipping his toes, you know, in a lot of different things. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, speaking of Travis and, you know, the late great Ken Block and, you know, even you, I'm just kind of curious, you know, I, you know, one of my cars is a Subaru. I've always been a big Subaru fan, but I'm curious, you know, cause I, I loved all your old STI drifting videos and all that. You know, I think you, I think you had an old, was it an old blob eye <laughs> maybe that you had? Um, no, my 2004 blue STI oh. is Oh, yes, you still have it. Great. Um, <laughs> really? I still have it. It's the only car that, that I right. actually own. I guess the other sponsor cars <laughs> and stuff like that. So uh, are you still whipping yeah. it out? I have, one, I have one company car. Yeah, I have one company car, and then I, I only own yeah. one I car, mean, my it's, Subaru it's, STI. It's <laughs> one of my favorite nice. cars of all time. I mean, it's one of the rare, you know, all-wheel drive, six-speed manuals, but that it's that that four block is oh, yeah. the amount of power they can get out of that little boxer engine is absolutely magnificent. And Aaron, if you ever get the pleasure to drive one, it is just, it's a little like, it's like, <laughs> you know, when like Wiley coyote rides the giant rocket with like the little fuse at the back. Yeah. That's what like, it oh, yeah, yeah, feels yeah. like, and this is an, I, I'm a normal person, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I speed on the roads and I've gone to the track <laughs> a few times, but I'm not a professional race car driver. And for me, every time I've gotten behind the wheel of an STI, um, even back in the days, like the evolution, the Lancer evolution, like just those, Oh my God, oh, yeah. it, you yep. feel like you feel like a pro like the Momo steering wheel and all that shit. Um, they're great, oh, yeah. which kind of they leads rip. me to a question. <laughs> now, um, after you're done with the race, right, you're in kind of race mode, all that. And I can relate because after, you know, back in the early 2000s, after I got like a good two hours of Need for Speed, uh, you know, Underground Part 2, <laughs> we great game. Oh, yeah, great me game. Me and my boys would go great out to dinner game. or whatever. Yeah. I had a bunch of roommates, whatever. They'd hop in my, my Honda Civic EX. And emotionally and mentally, my... I'm, my mind was still on the, at my Xbox game and they were like, Rohit, slow the fuck down. Like how, like, like, do you feel like <laughs> once you're like, do you ever find yourself in racer boy mode on the streets or are you able to kind of just chill? Um, like, is you are you able to separate those worlds or do they kind of merge over? Honestly, I get asked that a lot and it's, it's such a different world 
that it's not it for me it doesn't even driving on the road is almost complete second nature like i do it subconsciously like driving on the road is 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 a subconscious activity for me i think the only thing that um I guess like I don't even really like I haven't had a speeding ticket since the year 2017. So like I I'm not like a, a speeding guy. Like I I don't I don't really drive aggressively on the road, um, but I do get places efficiently. You know, you know what I mean? Like we're I, I would say if you ever ride in a car with a race car driver, we change lanes very efficiently. Like we find the most <laughs> respectable route through traffic. Like we we do things because we can perceive things faster than anyone else. Like. The common road driver, their eyes are right on their hood. They're right in front of them. They never look up. So, like, for us in racing, the first thing that we're taught is use your eyes. So you go where your eyes go. Keep your eyes up. If your eyes are up, you can see way more than looking right in front of you. So, like, that's the one thing I always tell people when they first start driving and they or they first try to start racing is, like, you go where your eyes go. If there's a crash happening over there and you're just looking at it, you're going to end up in that crash. Like, that always happens. But if you look through it you look ahead, it's really interesting to see how how well you can navigate things. So I, I separate the road from the track pretty All right. Well, pretty, I'm going to take that keenly. advice. You know, next time I'm on the road, I'll just, you know, because I, I like to drop <laughs> into third or second and shoot the gaps. And then, you know, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a fun feeling. That's what we do. We, that, that adrenaline feeling. It's like it's it puts yeah. you in the and back of your seat. You love we were it. kicking off the show, you know, Aaron's in the market for a new car. Um, you know, and, and I'm trying to push him towards something highly irresponsible and really fun. Um, but Aaron is also, he's, he's (laughs) as, and you've hung out with Aaron, so I don't need to say much beyond, you know, what we need to say on this show, (laughs) but Aaron has a practical side to himself and, you know, I'm trying to have him break out of that, but you know, so maybe sometimes he's responsible in areas. Does Aaron have a practical side? You're pretty, you're pretty like responsible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I know. I I don't know why I'm being responsible with it, but you know, I uh, we don't need to talk more about I'm not trying to figure out a car to buy. <laughs> I'm excited uh, to see where you end up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll see where we end up. But yeah. the I do. I am curious about because we'll get to the Long Beach Grand Prix in a sec. But I uh, I'm curious because you brought up the thing about race fans and racers and hillbilly and that stuff. So <laughs> does does that what what do you think about? where that where that was where that is and where it's going in terms of how people ju- are quick to judge the sport without really knowing much about it yeah i mean honestly i think there there are definitely three unique categories of motor racing you have formula one you have nascar and you have indycar and those three series are um somewhat similar but also very different in 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 the the schedules and the types of racing and you know the the budgets um but realistically like if you're a motor racing fan you can watch all those and be happy right like i'm a motor racing fan i'll watch everything i'll watch all the nascar series i'll watch i mean obviously i'm racing in indycar but i'll watch everything formula one and i'll even watch sports i'll I'll watch any racing I, i i like it so i think right now in america for sure there there's a slight rise in in the thought of motor racing because of the f- respect for formula one everyone thinks formula one is cool which it is but like in america like everyone likes to do the cool things or like hey how do we like are we fans of something that's really cool like let's get on that bandwagon and so like w- we as indycar drivers we're a little j- bit jealous of that you know that tv show that kind of launched a racing series that actually is the most boring racing in the racing atmosphere <laughs> but it's cool and so, like, if, you, if you're if you an F1 fan, you're cool now. Like, oh, you wear your Red Bull jacket, you're cool. Like, all this stuff, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, the Indy 500 is still the most world-renowned, respected event. Like, we have drivers from Formula 1 that come to compete at the Indy 500. We have NASCAR drivers that come to compete in the IndyCar Series and the Indy 500. And so, I guess I like seeing the racing fandom rise, and, and hopefully a rising tide raises all ships, all that sayings that, that happen. Yeah. Um but IndyCar for sure is still we haven't got that viral kick of large injection of new fans. Like we're slowly getting there. And like the 500 every year, it's it's crazy. The, there are 
five and a half million more people watch the Indy 500 than like every other race that we have during the year. So why is that? Like, how, how do we feel like it's because it's been happening for a hundred years on the same weekend. It's because Memorial Day weekend, a lot of people, doesn't matter if you're a race fan or not, you kind of know that that's the Indy 500. So you're going to watch it on Sunday. And we, we need to get some of that audience to understand that we actually have a whole season of great races to watch. And so that's just, it's down to our marketing department to really get there. And hopefully we can, you know, spread the love and spread the awareness of, of the IndyCar series. And so you have now coming up, for me, it's growing up in LA, like the Long Beach Grand Prix is a big, it's a famous thing. It's a big deal. Um, is this one of the ones where you're like, oh, this should blow up. This should be bigger. Is it that... is. So like we actually like the attendance for our races is great. Like if, if you go to an IndyCar race, like the Long Beach Grand Prix, I would say that's like second to the Indy 500 all year when it comes to attendance. Like every day is packed Friday, Saturday, Sunday, hundreds of thousands of people come to the Long Beach Grand Prix because again, it's been happening for 34. My, my dad raced in the Long Beach Grand Prix in Formula One back in the day. So like, I, you know, we we've been doing this for years. Uh, it's a great event because you can get up close and personal with everything. So it is a really special one. And to have it, you know, th that's where I won my first Indy Lights race was in Long Beach. Um, and and I, I love competing there in IndyCar every year. It's, 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 it's a great market for us to get to because Southern California, ton of people. And, you know, we got to bring IndyCar directly to those people. And thankfully, everyone, like, everyone seems to enjoy the race weekend out there. And do And this year... What would be some of your hopes for uh, for the race this year? <laughs> well, this year, I mean, as a team, we have struggled there in the past. Like, to be honest, um, it's a really low grip circuit because it's a street circuit and it's old. So we actually race on the roads that are in Long Beach, right on the water. Um, and for us, we we as a team struggle on low grip circuits. Uh, but last year we finished we finished 11th. So like we didn't have a bad race last year. There's 27 cars in the IndyCar series. So like we we had a pretty decent race last year. Um, and so for us, like getting some good points from this weekend would be awesome. If we could somehow get lucky and get on the podium, that would be great. Um, but uh, we kind of I'm very realistic about things. Like I I like to put things in actual. Like we, can, I can all day be like, well, we'd love to go there and win, but it's like I like to tell people how things really are, and like, of course, in my mind, I go there to win. I don't, I don't, we don't show up to lose, but you also know in racing after you've been there for many years, the different tiers of teams, the different people's strengths and weaknesses in certain areas. So I like to try to just keep people informed about, hey, like, not all twenty-seven of us are going to win the race. I mean, have you seen the <laughs> LA roads? I'll be surprised if not all twenty-seven teams like pothole <laughs> yeah. out. Um, they've been—it's been pretty fucking bad. It's, true. it's been so They're bad. so bad. It's the um, worst it's ever been. So, uh, <laughs> if we hit a pothole, <laughs> yeah, it would you're, be you're a very losing serious a wheel. problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're losing a lot. Yeah, you're, you're breaking your your tailbone. <laughs> and. That's uh, that's what's so wild about it is you are just you're on the streets of, of Long Beach. You're on, in Literally. downtown Long Beach. You're on there and that's your course. Yeah. So, and you'll see is, it, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to go. I'm so pumped. And and uh, and Rowan, I, I know I think you yeah, had something about yeah. hopelessness because I wanted to. Yeah. I'm, I'm and, curious, and, and, Connor, what you, you know, think as Aaron, you know, Connor. Uh, as Aaron mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, we are the hopeless show. And what we try to do is, you know, every week we're kind of like a digest of the news um, of all the most hopeless news. And we try to bring some hope to it. Now, we want to we, we want to get a little special, Love you know, it. with you. It's like, <laughs> is there something about the world of racing, whether it being, you know, uh, like the new electric circuits coming out or is, is there anything that's giving you pause or the fandom or the spot is like that, that you feel like, oh, man, I really hope there's something that does get worked out because you're kind of concerned about it. Oh, I mean, if you ask any driver, we're all concerned about something at all times and we're always <laughs> complaining about something. So <laughs> there's there's a lot there. Um, I, I don't necessarily think like obviously the, the way everything's going electric wise, that that doesn't necessarily affect us because everyone's mm -hmm. going to still want to go racing like a lot of people have that addiction to going fast. And so the sport's never going to die because people are always going to find a way to go fast. Um, 
I would say the only thing that got us uh, a little bit upset was last year they did an AI racing series, like a where oh. they built like a bunch of co- a bunch of colleges and science folks got together and they legitimately had about eight Indy Lights cars, like real Indy Lights race cars, and they only put computers in them to drive. And so we were like, I don't like that. <laughs> like, what like, is ah, that? Man, we don't like that at all. Thankfully, most of the cars crashed, so it didn't look like a successful program for the AI. And the I mean, and if they're not yet, crashing, but, you could just um, you could just set up you know a sniper on the green, um, just taking out the tires from far away because yep. yeah, yeah, we flat tires. Like you wouldn't that's, think actually. Yeah. That's really funny. It's like you know everybody's talking about AI taking jobs from everybody from fast food workers to accountants to all that, but then you're like, wait a second, the fucking race car drivers are what? Could they be out of jobs? I mean. It's like that, but thing is, that's about yeah. as fun as if you're playing Madden and you're just hitting like simulate season. You know, it's like there when you're yeah. a human element, What's the point? you remove yeah. the because you're not just rooting for a car or for a team, you're rooting for the person and the driver because every driver has their story. Oh, yeah. You know, some people fucking hate some drivers, some people love other drivers, and I think that's part of it. It's it's like, oh, yeah, you need the villains, you need yeah. the heroes, you need like the underdogs, you need like the old horse that should be put out to pasture. But do they have one more race in them? You need the young gun, like, can this person yeah. actually work? Sometimes you need the random occasional like person that has never like their type of person, whether it's a woman or somebody from a different culture that doesn't really have access to this. Then they're like, I think that human element is so 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 much fun um yeah yeah i agree and and like i guess one other thing too i guess like because you ask about like realistically you kind of were asked like what are the what are the things that worry you or what are the things that challenge us sponsorship that's that's the hardest thing because this is a business right like we 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 have you know 27 of some of the best drivers in the world there are a couple that you know have got through the racing ladders from a very successful financial situation like let's say families have been very helpful in that and i i am legitimately i have continued my career because of the business side of it like i have developed sponsorship to continue to stay here to continue to be a better driver but that is always um that's never a a long-term plan so the hardest thing is continuing to it doesn't matter if you're the best driver in the world or you have a lot to prove still if you don't have that sponsor that provides that opportunity for you you're not doing anything so that's hard because there are some drivers as well who have been extremely talented but did not have that chance because they happened to miss the financial boat they happen to not have the sponsor at the right time um, so I think that's the biggest challenge for us is how do we convince sponsors, companies, groups of people to not spend their money in the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, uh, NASCAR, Formula One, you know, it because there's a lot of marketing dollars across many, many different, you know, arenas of companies. And how do you sell yourself? How do you sell the series? And so our goal is to just continue to try to build that emotional reason to co- to connect with us as a driver, but also a marketing reason to be like, hey, this is this is actually going to get us exactly what we need out of our marketing dollar. Which yeah. really is storytelling. It's about always trying to find the story, and then the sponsors and people will gravitate. What as you're, if you're telling a good story, not just at the race, but the life leading up to the race, then the story is being told, and the people will gravitate, yeah. and the sponsorship. But I've got to solve for it. My though. guess. I got. Easy solution. Fuck. Okay. All right. Oh, please and, tell me. <laughs> yeah, this will be a freebie. <laughs> please tell but, me. All right. So um, I don't know if you've been following, <laughs> what, and I know that right now you're not you're not racing for BMW. You're racing for Chevy, but they have a really interesting technology. Um, at the Consumer Electronics Show in 2022, they debuted you know the color changing like e ink car, right? Um, and like it was only grayscale, yep. right? But the car was able to change patterns and textures. Then for 2023 they introduced a color version update of it. So the car could kind of change to any number of colors. And now, so what you want to do is, you know, work with your Chevy teams, work with your, your, your designers, get access to a digital paint kit. And then what you do is <laughs> you can swap out, you can kind of like have big takeovers throughout the race. It's changing it. 
And then you could even have smaller sponsors like Aaron and myself on The Hopeless Show get a little badge, you know, yeah. on your car. And we could only probably afford like one lap in like a quarter panel for, but you know, but, um, you know, what you could do is all of a sudden, yeah, sure, it'd be, it would be great to get the square spaces and, you know, the whoever's of the world. But now you can all of a sudden, instead of having 15 or 20 sponsors, you can have 200. And, yeah. Well, guess what? We're already there. McLaren Formula One has a legitimate square on their car in Formula One yeah. that is an interchanging okay. logo. It's incredible to see. I saw it for the first time. I actually met the guys who um, who designed it. And so it's got like the Android logo. And then all of a sudden, 10 seconds later, it it's and I don't know what the surface is or I don't know how it exactly works, but they can program it to change logos and they now use it on all their cars. And the next step is putting that on driver's oh. helmets. I actually saw the test, wow. the test for it. Cause we obviously have to wear helmets that are a certain safety standard, but now they've got these basically like almost like sticker patches that, cause normally for us as drivers, you see helmets in the background here for me, but like we have sponsors right on our chin essentially. And we have sponsors above us, like on our forehead. Cause that's kind of what's most seen. So basically they've put kind of sticker patches over that and it's almost seamless logo transition. It's incredible. It's on the driver's head. They have this ability to change logos now. So I, I, I see that becoming a thing in the future, which is, it's almost hard to, oh, it's great. It's you just drive down a lap and you see like <laughs> Shen Yun, um, you know, or any of those yeah. like things, but okay. <laughs> And that, yeah. And next oh, it's Burger King. Like you're like, next what? Like, how did we get there? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's green. Is it green well, screened or? something i don't know i wonder no it's basically like it's it's almost like the you, if you look at your phone it's like that same dark surface and i i can if you look it up you'll be able to find it but it's it's basically uh a not a grainy logo but it's yeah it's looks it's like digital. micro leds oh, well that's but it's all not we'll like, say it, okay yeah. but yeah I micro guess... leds yeah You'll find a cool picture online. You know, it's I pretty, guess it's maybe then sweet. you might have to wait for the technology to get lighter than paint to do the whole wraparound car. Now, I just thought yes. that. I was like, okay, that could get to pretty do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe my idea will still take a few more years, but you can have it. It's it's yours. Okay, great. But great. we're on the yeah. way. Yeah, we're, we're on, on the way. And and then I I guess, Connor, one, one last thing is uh, we want to offer you something. All so, right. Yeah. This is a gift. It might not be a sponsorship gift. It might not be 700 grand like you got. That's okay. Uh, but what we want to do is give you hope. I love it. Thank God. And that's all we can afford right now. It. I've had a rough start to the year. So so what? what is something that you feel hopeless about in the world, in anything going on with you? You can get as personal or as not personal as you want. Just whatever you feel, something you feel hopeless about. And no matter what, we are going to give you hope. And I'm telling you, that's worth more than that 700 grand. But let's see what you come up with first. Well, I could go a number of different ways with this one right here. Um, we need a lot of, I need a lot of hope that we figure out our damper development approach. It's very technical. Our sh our shock system, our, our mechanical grip level in our race car needs to be at a higher level to compete at the highest level. Some of my engineers might disagree, but that's what we need. We need hope. We need some work. We need something that's getting real technical, but honestly, other than that, I don't know. I live, I'm very lucky to do what I do. Um, I, I, I could use, you know, a lot of things at a lot of different times, but I'm, I'm pretty lucky to be here and, we just got to hope that everything, you know, when we execute on race day, we just got to be the best that we can be. So just hope that everyone is the best that they can be on race day. All the crew guys, me, and everyone involved in our race team. <laughs> well, I love that. I mean, that outlook is great, and more people could use it. In terms yeah, of – Yeah, I mean, I, I, life is good, man. Like, like I – I live like it's hard to be a race car driver. I have type one diabetes too. So I've dealt with a lot of different stuff, you know, throughout life. But, uh, I mean, every day, pretty thankful to be doing this and, uh, and be where we're at now. That's awesome, man. And, uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to experience this with you. And in terms of the, um, the issue you have, 
I just want to tell you, I have seen Floyd Mayweather around town a few times, <laughs> and uh, he is uh, he spent like I I was at a fancy restaurant and he was with his boys behind us, and it pissed me off because they said like we weren't gonna get as good treatment at the restaurant because Floyd was there. Because we got like it took forever to get our food, and they're like, "But guys, you see who's behind oh us? It's Floyd." And I'm like, "I don't give a shit who's behind me. Yeah. Like, Chicken I want tendies. my pasta." And yeah, yeah. And so, but he's he's around LA, so I will at some point. I'm, I have a chance to. I'll see him somewhere at something because he's just around, and I'll go up to him and I'll tell him that you you need to give more money to Connor. Because, well, uh, that's because... on the NASCAR side. On the IndyCar side, we actually need more of the mechanical grip side too. So both sides, but start with Floyd for sure. I'll and talk I'll to say, Floyd and I'll tell even, him. If Floyd even knows who I am, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> I'll t- you know what I'll do? I'll tell him to listen to this episode of this show to yes, learn where yes, his money yes. is going. There you go. Um, there you go. And if there's any damper experts out there, you know, want to make the car stickier, stick to yes. the track. Yeah, all that. Springs, yeah, shocks, dampers, uh, yeah. all Please the above. Please write in to your suggestions. Um, I'm sure that um, Connor's engineers might be more qualified than you, but sometimes great ideas come from the most random places. <laughs> there you the go. Yeah, random. exactly. And then, and Connor, I just want to make sure you get to uh, to plug. Obviously, everyone watches along. <laughs> Long Beach Grand Prix next weekend, and uh, and then uh, your socials and anything your else podcast. you want to plug. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. No, I, I I also have a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's called Speed Street, and you can find it um, really almost anywhere. Uh, it's it's under the it, Dirty Mo Media owns us, which is Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s company, actually, which is really cool. Um, but honestly, IndyCar racing, just give it a chance. That would be one thing that I tell people that aren't familiar with it. Uh, we're easy to find. I mean, we're on Sundays, probably prime time on on NBC. Uh, you know, usually one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock during the day, whatever it is. Sunday race days. Um, just give us a shot. I would say, and 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 if you enjoy it, awesome. If you don't, well, just keep the TV on because we need the ratings. So <laughs> <laughs> that, and then, um, you know, Long Beach Grand Prix. We obviously have the Indy 500 Memorial Day weekend, but we have 17 races total this year. So. We're all across, you know, the the country um, up until middle of September, uh, and yeah, and I'm at Connor Daily 22 on on all the social platforms, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Well, thanks, man. This has been so fun. I'm excited to experience this all with you. If you win, I think, you know, we're probably the reason. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. On this show. And while we can't and, sponsor uh, you just yet because we don't have that seven hundred thousand dollars, we will honorarily make you. <laughs> The Hopeless Show's official race car driver. Um, so yeah, and you don't have to pay us anything. Love it. Um, so yeah, it's great. Ugh. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you pleasure. for the support. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's what we're bringing you hope. But dude, thanks so much. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming on. This has been both really fascinating to learn some of the the details of of the day to day life in your career and uh, and I really appreciate yeah. it. So thanks so much. No problem. I this, appreciate this you guys having this me. This was fun. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the door It's a hopeless show With Aaron and Rohit, whoa It's a hopeless show With Aaron and Rohit, whoa